I said to Natalie, like, we're not going to have a vision Sunday. I always hate it. Like, coming from a... So I'm going to talk really loosely, just for a moment. But um, hate's a strong word. Maybe I don't hate it, but it kind of irks me a bit. Every year, if you've been in a large church, you you might recognise it. Every year around January time, there's this big clamour. You see it in business as well, the big clamour. This is our grand vision for 2020. This is our grand vision for 2021. And as a leader of that church, it's not like a vision, this thing... But sometimes you can feel the pressure of like, oh, we've got to conjure up or invent some amazing thing. Whereas I look in the Bible and it's the patient plod of making disciples. It's a plod. It's not a grand, wow, this will keep us going for the next year. Oh, and now what are we going to reinvent for the next one? We shouldn't be trying to reinvent things and conjure up. It's just literally going back right to the root and saying, right, are we faithfully doing these things? And so... You might be a bit underwhelmed by the Vision Sunday slide that we've got that's going to come up, because it's like, it's Vision Sunday, but the vision is, we're just going to keep faithfully doing what we've been doing for the last few years, and we're going to try and really establish it. Let's do well the few things that we can do and that we're called to do, and then beyond that, God may add to us. But sometimes, there's just this thing where you think, is God really telling us to do all of the other, these other things? I think he just wants us to make a multiplied disciples. And so, I'll just get my phone out. We've got a few little things that we're just going to cover. And uh, I'm going to sort of go around the houses. So for those of you who are here for the first time, it might be helpful because you might get a little bit of um, some of what we're excited about as a church. And so in Matthew 28, I'll just read this out. The verses won't come up on the screen. And it's Jesus talking to his disciples. And he says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so, winding back to May, I think it was 2018, um, our family was, or even before that, 2017 in December, our family were kind of dreaming about there being something else and we thought it might be sitting born we'd sort of been up here and I'd got off the train the first time I'd ever been to sitting born I was in church leadership in Medway um, during a sabbatical kind of period of three months it became very apparent that I was basically burning out I probably already actually burnt out I was emotionally and mentally quite sick I didn't realize it until you get off of the very fast wheel that you're on and you're like wow I'm not doing well am I I'm like really worn out and, uh, and during that, God had been speaking for like the seven or eight years beforehand about church planting. And we were like, maybe, maybe now's the time. Maybe now's the time to go off and, and church plant. And um, we, we were praying about it during the sabbatical as a family. We went through a real process. You can imagine, I'm quite processy. So we went, we had this like process that we went through, conversation after conversation. Um, what are we each passionate about? If we were to move, what might that look like? Uh, all of our children are, like, are adopted and fostered, and so change isn't something that you really want to keep embracing as a family. Changing and relocating everything is huge. School, church, home, jobs. You know, that's not something you do lightly. That's something, because they all had lots of change, and it's really destabilising in a young life. And so God just started speaking, and it really honed down into Sittingbourne. Like, Sittingbourne's the place. We're like, okay, so let's gather some other leaders. So we met in the Golden Hope, uh, just over the road on, I think it was the 6th of December, 2017. There was about 25 of us from, gathered from across churches, uh, all, all the sort of lead elders and stuff like that. We had a great breakfast together. We heard about the Spockiers who were dreaming about moving over to Sheppey. They're now there. And one of the things we were like, look, we think we might be 
being called to move to Sittingbourne, but we're not sure. Would you go up and down the high street with us and pray in groups? And they went up and down the high street and prayed in groups. And we just had word after word after word about there being a new work here and about it being called Hope Church, which was amazing because God had already spoken in the October to me in Malaga at a church planting conference about there being a church here called Hope Church Sittingbourne. So I was like, oh, that's so exciting. Um, God's kind of confirming things. So we moved here and we didn't really move here to start a church um, and to gather Christians. We moved here to share the gospel and make disciples. And the two things are quite different. They're, they're quite different. So if you're a Christian who's with us and you're already a Christian, I'm not saying we, we didn't want to meet you. That's like, that would be a terrible conclusion to get to. But, but the, the heartbeat of what we, what, what we need to be about is this verse I've just read out, is going and making disciples um, in all that we do. Um, not of the church, although we can make disciples of one another, but actually in the world. And so we've had the great liberty over these three years since we've been here, zooming over lots of church history, of, of lots of exciting things we've done, of seeing at least a handful of people come to faith. Um, I think definitely two on our most recent Alpha course, uh, definitely one. And I think too, and we're beginning conversations about what that looks like with them moving forward. Um, and I'm just sort of beginning to think, like, we need to get back to that. Like, COVID's not been a great friend, has it, in some ways, in regards to not even meeting here, meeting online, locked away, the invisible church that no one knows exists, other than for those who are part of it, um, not really able to engage with the town just because of the nature of COVID. And I'm just sort of thinking, oh, what, what if we have another two years like that? Oh dear, that, that, I don't know how that makes you feel. I literally want to sit in the corner and start crying. Like another two years like that? It could, we could have a lifetime like that, couldn't we? And so you think, how do, how do we then, in the current circumstances, make disciples? And so this is kind of what I just want to get us thinking about. In 2020, in, in the January, this time last, well, two years ago, it was um, our great 2020 vision. This is why I'm like, I'm not going to fall into that again. Um, and it was from Acts 6, verse 7. And, uh, and we're still, this is the centrepiece, really, of kind of what, what we think we're about as a church. It's this. It says, the word of God continued to increase. So the word of God multiplied. Yeah? The word of God multiplied. And because of that, the number of disciples multiplied. So the word of God multiplied and disciples multiplied. So if we want to make disciples, what do we need to do? Multiply the word of God. So as the word of God increases, so disciples increase. So what we'll do, just on your tables, just for a quick minute, quick quick fire round, um, how might you multiply the word of God? Go. Just talk on your tables, just very quickly. How might you multiply the word of God? It's not a trick question, just go for it. Whatever comes to your mind. There's no silly answers, no wrong answers. We're not going to pick on you. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Brilliant. Okay, so where you're at, why don't you shout out, just very quickly, some of the things that you said. Just really quick, don't be shy. I don't want to pick on tables and have to run around with the mic, it'll take twice as long. So just literally shout out one or two things. How could you multiply the word of God? Jonathan, not you. Right. Well, Jesus is the word of God, so tell people about Jesus. Tell people about Jesus, great. Another one. Read it. Read the word of God. You can multiply the word of God by reading it. Another one. Great, watching videos, you can go to YouTube, you can go to Twitch, old people, Twitch is a site on uh, the internet, or not old people, that's very offensive. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm going to take that out of the podcast. Um, so only you guys heard that. So please forgive me for that. That's fine. Great. Um, also, what I'm going to edit out of the podcast is me going to Lewis just now saying, I really need the toilet. Because um, that won't work well on the podcast either. Um, how else can we multiply the word of God? Actions. Actions. So what we do, we can demonstrate the word of God through what we're doing. That's a brilliant one. Thanks, Kevin. Any others? Pray it. Pray it. You can pray the word of God. Uh, where could you pray it? Anywhere. Everywhere. Anywhere. Every day. To everyone. Jonathan, did you have your hand up or are you just scratching your nose? Talk to your friends. She can share the word of God. Go on, Teresa. She can blog. So there, there are lots and lots of ways that we can multiply the word of God. So let's read that verse again. Acts 6, verse 7. This was our 2020 vision, which was we are going to multiply the word of God. Because in doing that, we will multiply disciples. So the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. So let's turn that symbol. So as we multiply the word of God amongst ourselves and in the town and in our workplace, in our homes, in our neighbourhoods, the places we work, rest and play, as we multiply the word of God through all of these different ways, the way we tell it, the way we show it, the way we pray it, the way we think about it, you can see if the word of God is in the centre of what we're doing, the word being Jesus, someone said Jesus is the word of God, so I tell people about Jesus. So if Jesus is in the thick of everything that we're doing, then disciples are... the. the it's like cause and effect. If, if Jesus is in the middle of it, disciples multiply. Everywhere Jesus went, what happened? People followed him, didn't they? People followed him, disciples multiplied. Also, people didn't follow him. But more, a lot of people did follow him. And it goes on in that verse and it says this. The word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. That's a very interesting line. So there was a great number of the priests who weren't, up till this point, being obedient to the faith. As the word of God increased, believers in Yahweh, the God of Israel, all of a sudden saw something that for some reason they'd been blinkered to up till that point. Their hearts came alive to who the word was because he'd just been multiplied in their presence. They could see the effect of this growing community of people And that caused them to somehow change their thinking and become obedient to a slightly different way of life than the one they were doing before. Just let me catch my breath. I didn't breathe through all of that bit, sorry. I've got to learn how to breathe and talk at the same time. Um, That, for me, is a really interesting thing, because I think, well, people call me a lot of things, some of them not very nice, uh, particularly when I'm wearing a Charlton top. Um, the only reason I'm wearing this, we've got an FA Cup match against Norwich in a minute that we've got to dash off to straight afterwards, so I don't normally wear my football kit. Uh, I didn't, lucky I didn't wear the shorts and socks today, but um, people say a lot of things and they call me a lot of things. Some, one of them's pastor. I don't like that one because I'm not, I'm not really gifted as a pastor in that way. Well, thank you, Teresa, thank you. Um, but prob- probably I'm a little bit more outward. Let's go, 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 go. It's like a general. But. These guys were called priests. Some people could say, oh, he leads a church, he's a priest. Like, many of you know, I just took my dad's funeral in December, um, and people thought I was a vicar. Where's your, where's your dog tag? No, I'm not, not a vicar. Um, but, I'm, I'm, yeah, dog tag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> woof, woof. 
Sorry, this is descending, isn't it? I'm going to have to do a lot of editing for this to make sense on the podcast. Stay with me, stay with me. So just apply this to myself, and maybe you could apply this to yourself in the same way. Is the word of God multiplying in my life? And this is serious, like, for me, as someone that's leading a church plant. I could be doing so much stuff. Let's do this, let's do that, this event, that event, this thing. Trying to G everyone up, you know, fresh vision for the year. But without the word of God being centre in the middle of it, it could just be a lot of activity. They look quite godly, looks quite Christian. So is the word of God multiplying in my heart? Is it multiplying in my family, in my household? I'm responsible for that, so is my wife Natalie. So really are our kids, because they're now at that age of reason. And uh, we're, we're, they have a personal faith. They're no longer hopefully living off of our faith. And so if the word of God's in the middle of it, then... I should be growing as a disciple. I'm growing in lots of ways over Christmas and during lockdown. But I should be growing as a disciple. If the word of God's in my life, I'll be growing. And things that are mature and are healthy and that have got life to them, what do they do? They multiply. They're babies, don't they? Um, And so if our family, just thinking very personally of myself, if, if there's the life of Jesus in and around my family and my household, then we're going to start to see other people who are around us and attached to us, coming alive to that way of life. This is what happened with this early church community in Acts. And so for each of us, that's a great question for us to ask. And so as a priest of the faith, someone who's a believer in God, in Yahweh, or in Jesus, am I being obedient to the faith? Because the obedience to the faith is having Jesus in the middle, multiplying it. That's the obedience. It's about the word of God. And so many priests became obedient to the faith. And so I think, wow, it's possible to be a believer and, and to be disobedient. And to not live in the good of God's word center of multiplication in your life. Isn't that amazing? Still, still a priest, still a believer, but somehow missing out on the grace of God through having Jesus right in the center of your household, right in the center of your heart, in the throne of your heart. And so that was the 2020 vision, is how do we get Jesus right in the centre of everything that we're doing as a church plant? Whatever we do, as long as he's in the centre of it, that's like the first question we should answer. Gordon comes down from the, the mountain with the Ten Commandments. The first question you guys should be answering about any new thing we're doing is, is Jesus in the centre of this? Is this about Jesus or is it about something else? If it's about something else, let's not do it. But if it's about Jesus, great, because we're going to be multiplying him and he's going to multiply everywhere amongst the town if that's not the case then it it ends with us no multiplication what happens to a species that doesn't multiply dies doesn't it I'm sure we could all think of some churches that we've been to that have either died or look like they're dying I'd hate for that to be us I'd hate for that to be us but when Jesus is in the middle, that, that doesn't happen. And so what are we going to be doing this year? Just a few things. I'm just going to rattle through this, but hopefully you get the heart of what we're talking about, is having Jesus right in the middle of everything. And the things that we do, really making sure that's the case. And so um, what's the first slide that we've got, Louis? Just some dates. So if we pop the dates up, I'll grab my breath again. So there are just a few very simple things. For those of you who are sort of beyond me and Lewis, you might not be able to see this, but we're going to share this in the WhatsApp group. It's on the website. Facebook, everywhere you can imagine that the church is online, you'll be able to see these things. Uh, there's an online diary on the church calendar, and uh, all of these dates are in that as well. You can embed it on your phone, Google, and stuff like that. 
what we want to do is make sure that there are like a few things, the rocks in the bucket that make Jesus being in the centre work. Is that okay? So the rocks in the bucket, the main things that we're doing as a church together that make this happen. And so what are some of the rocks in the bucket that make maybe your family life happen? Meeting together. Meeting together, yeah, yeah. You, you hopefully you don't have a diary to say when you're going to meet together as a family. You might, you might eat together, won't you? Let's try and have at least two meals a week together. If you, even if you're really, really busy, let's try and make sure we're around the table at least a few times in the week, you know? Um, why do you do that? Because you know if you don't, what's going to happen? You're going to struggle, aren't you? You're going to really feel it. You're going to get really disconnected and you're going to live in the poverty of that. And so as a church, it's the same. As a family, we've, we've got to be meeting together, eating together, laughing together, playing together, worshipping, praying together. The church, God calls it a family, I think for that very reason, in that there should be mums and dads saying, come on, let's do this stuff together. And as we do that, and Jesus is in the middle, the life of the kingdom of God begins to multiply in every heart. And so we're just going to try as best as we can ahead of time, at least three months ahead, which is super, super organised, um, is just to let you know the main things that we're going to be doing. One of them is Sundays, and then one Sunday a month we're going to have a brunch back at someone's house. We can't do a brunch online. We could try it, but it probably wouldn't be. You'd sort of be missing the point, really. And so the first one of those is, um, you can see them just on here, um, is on the second Sunday of the month. And they'll be in person. If you feel the liberty to go, some people are, like for those of you who listen to this on the podcast, you might be at home isolating, you might be really fearful about COVID. Uh, this might be something that you need to give a bit of a miss. But we want to get back to eating together, just having a bit of fun, hanging out together. One of the great benefits in doing that is on a Sunday, it's not the greatest environment for getting to know people. So if you're a new person coming in, you might get one or two minutes at the beginning just saying hello. Someone might ask you, it's usually Ian or Bronwyn, will come up and say, hello, are you new? And uh, you'll get a couple of minutes of just introductions. Then you're into a meeting, aren't you? It's a bit like going to, I was going to say like going to a comedy club, but you're in, in a meeting and, and there's not really a lot of engagement, a lot of talking, then you can go. You can go to church for four or five years and not get to know anyone beyond the hello. And, uh, and then you go away feeling like, oh, no one knows me. Because it's the wrong environment to be known. The environment to be known is sitting around a table together, eating together, praying together, which is something else we'll be doing, meeting together in households. Um, a Sunday is a different type of event. It's a celebratory event where we're not expecting depth. We, we don't get a lot of depth from this. It's more big vision, gathering together around the world. It's really important, but gathering in like threes and fours, uh, which we call running partners, which happens every other week. Um, and so that... Every other week you might see like running partners. This is something where we gather with three or four. Um, I love running partners so much, I'm in two of them. Isn't that great? That's a good, good advert for them. But literally gathering with other people who know you and over time begin to know you. So I'm in one with Jonathan and with Adam Gregory. And over the three years we've been in that, we've been meeting pretty much every week, haven't we? Mostly. And we pray together. Jonathan knows things about me that I don't even know about me. He knows things about my life. He's able to pray for me, support me, encourage me. When my dad was in hospital dying, he was the first one to be texting me, asking how stuff was going on. So these are like, these are precious relationships. I don't come to church and feel like no one knows me because I know there's a number of people here because of those sort of relationships that do know me. And because we've invested in those things and we made sure we're not just meeting out, having a coffee, having a chat. We're meeting with Jesus in the middle, the Word of God, 
sort of front and centre and we're multiplying him in each other's life. When big decisions come up, we're sort of saying, do you think Jesus is calling into this or this is just a great idea? Like, what should you be doing that? Should you, shouldn't you be doing that? Job changes, all sorts of different things. We're trying to talk about them and pray about them. It's really important we're in those sort of relationships together, discerning together what the Spirit of God has got for us. Uh, too many of us do life on our own, behind closed doors, and we live in the poverty of it. Can I say that again? Too many of us try and do life on our own, behind closed doors, and we live in the poverty of it. Jesus has called us to be with one another, and during COVID it's particularly difficult because we're called by the government to live behind closed doors and do it on our own. So it's really hard. It's hard for us to push against that tide. It's a very strong tide to swim against. And there's a real grace in meeting and eating together and being with one another. Uh, the other thing that we do is we meet every other week in households. And again, this has been really challenging because people don't really want to meet in front rooms when they can't guarantee like things to do with viruses, stuff like that. I don't really want to be sanitising my whole front room every week um, and like covering everything with plastic and stuff like that. Everyone where it just becomes something else, isn't it? Very like sterile. And so again, there's that liberty of how much do people feel able to to presence with one another in a household. Like in here, it's a bit easier. This is a larger space. You can isolate a bit more. When you've got 20 people all crammed in one front room, there's not really anywhere to hide, is there? Like we're all together. We're like shoulder to shoulder. And so we're trying to multiply households. We've thankfully had a few people that have offered to host those. And so what we're going to be doing is like literally starting in two weeks' time, we're going to be starting households, and we're going to be going through something called uh, the Prayers of Many Course. So I've got some books here, which I mentioned about. I think there's a little slide for this, Louis, if you can pop it up. Um, got some books here to do with that, which I'd love you each to take one. It's like one per household. We can order some more, but they were limited in availability on Amazon. So they're £7 each. If you can't pay for it, just take it. That's fine. If you can pay for it, that would really help. Um, but they're £7 each. And what we're going to be doing, the present many courses, basically going through faithfully um, nine sessions, just looking at prayer, and really us kicking off this year, going up to March, going up to Easter, really focusing on prayer and making sure we're a praying people. Um, making sure that we, we, we're sort of spending time together in prayer. This, tonight we've got a prayer meeting, which is going to be online, uh, which I'd encourage you to connect in with. Um, I think that's at half past seven, which is going to be on Zoom. Um, seven. It's seven. Great, I'm glad you know what time it is. Yeah, seven till eight. So at seven to eight. We'll share the details in the group. Um, but with this book, we'd love you to take it. It's great. It's got Mike Betts, who leads our movement of churches. Basically, he wrote the book, and also there's some teaching sessions and some questions around it. It's very, very easy to deliver. The great thing is, is if we're doing this in households, it's something that we can all do together without having it all be centralised. And so, I don't know, say Mike and Bev have opened their house up, or if we've opened our house up, um, it's kind of delivered very, very straightforward, very, very easy. But one of the things is if you're not able to get along two local households, I think of the people who are in Medway, um, then what you can do is you can connect in online. So there'll be one of the households will basically have like a, a laptop there which will enable you to connect in from online. And then we'll be going over that over nine weeks. And whilst we're doing that, um, there's going to be like a different emphasis on Sundays. So where we've been following through the Gospels over the last... Um, I think probably in the last 18 months we've been basically going through the Gospels chronologically from start to finish. We're about a third of the way through. 
So I think, well, we could be doing this for the next three or four years. This is a real slog, sort of, just walking behind Jesus, hearing everything. It's great. Um, but we felt like this thing of making disciples, it's, it's great to be confronted with some things that really help us grow in certain areas of discipleship. So I was thinking, what would be the 10 or the 12 things? If you were making disciples and multiplying disciples, what would be the sort of maybe 11 things that you'd really want to embed in the life of a disciple in the first year of discipleship? Um, on Alpha, we've had a couple of people come to faith, and that's the sort of question I'm asking. Right, what, sh- what should we be instructing these people? Where do you start? Do we just say, well, here's a Bible, start reading Genesis, go all the way through to Revelation. If you make it past Lamentations, well done. Um, what do we do in making disciples? What are the things we should be teaching and instructing people of first importance? The Apostle Paul says that to Timothy, the things that I instructed to you of first importance. Don't let anyone come against those. It's what he says to Timothy. So I've been thinking, well, what are the things of first importance as a church we really want to get hold of this year? So could you put the how-to slide up for us, Lewis? So what we're going to be doing is the, the, um, the Jesus series we've had, following Jesus through the Gospels, is just going to get recorded, and they're going to be available as daily devotionals, very short, five-minute devotionals that a few of us are going to record. There'll be two or three a week, and they'll just go up in the group that we're in, and you'll have those for your own devotional time. So if in the morning you want to watch those... That would be brilliant. Um, but then what we're going to be doing on Sundays, and also in Running Partners, is every month we're going to have a slightly different focus, starting with what we're going to be kicking off um, next week with prayer. And so on the Sunday, we're going to have messages around each of these things. So we're going to be looking at how to pray, how to love well. And so loving well looks like uh, loving your neighbour, loving God. Um, it looks like loving the poor. And so we've got different people that are going to be preaching. We've got people all, all kind of organised up till uh, March already, that both from, from our ranks, some voices you've not heard yet, and also people coming in from further afield uh, that we've invited in to do different things. In March, we're going to have a big focus on worship, how to use worship as warfare, how to use worship, uh, what's the heart of a worshipper. Uh, we're going to look, as we come into Easter, about giving, living and forgiving. Uh, Easter's a great time to think about God giving his son so that we could be forgiven, so that we could live. Um, how to be hospitable so as the, the season changes and hopefully we're able to open our homes and our gardens a bit more, inviting people around our houses, being hospitable, how we engage with the town a bit more. Um, how we handle the Bible, not just how to read it, but how to interpret it, how to apply it, how to share it. How to share the gospel, so in July... We're going to have a very practical season where we get some of our friends like David Bearham and Russell Godwood. If you've been in the church for a little while, you know these guys. But they're going to come amongst us for a few weeks in a row and equip us and train us so that we can get out on the streets and go and engage with our neighbours. That will be very, very scary. I know last week a lot of people, what you're fearful about, the E of hope, everyone a witness. People really fearful of sharing the gospel. So let's just try and press into that a little bit. And so that'll be in July. Um, in August, when it's the summer holidays, for those of you who've got kids, we're going to be preaching on Sabbath rest and we'll go into a slightly different rhythm. Things will be a bit more relaxed. Um, in September, it's often a time as the school year starts um, where people think about what's coming up next. Um, some of you might feel like that in January. Like, what is God speaking to us about? Is this it? Is there something new coming? Like we said, God spoke during a, a sabbatical period. Often in September, and August and September, God speaks to people about, you know, whether it be new jobs, new schools, moving house, relocating, all these sort of things. So in September, we want to go through a series of how do you discern God's will? Is it just, oh, God said that, I'm going to go off and do it. How do you pray with people who've got your heart, like we're talking about in Running Partners, 
to try and discern whether this is God or whether it's something else. Um, how do we how do we prophesy? It'll be that sort of stuff that we'll be looking at. In October, how do we multiply disciples? So looking retrospectively, retrospectively at a lot of this stuff. And then in November, as things become, become a bit more frigid and we start preparing for December, how do you persevere and endure? Um, that is going to be a, a fun one. But that's talking about disappointment, pressing on, how do you worship with a heavy heart, all these sorts of things. And uh, I'm quite excited. Like, these are the things, these are the building blocks of what discipleship looks like. Giving, living, forgiving, praying, sharing the gospel. Um, and they all fit into the, the hope. Um, Lewis, can you put the hope logo up for us? So hopefully most of you will be aware that our logo is like this for a reason. I know it's, depending on how you read it, it could be OHEP, um, but it's actually hope. But we're multiplying the hope of Jesus in the lives of everyone, everywhere, every day. That's what our logo means. So the X is for multiplying, and then each of these things stands for something. So H is that we would be a people that honour Jesus. O is that we would obey his word. P is that we would pray beyond ourselves and E is that everyone is a witness, that we're all confident in the gospel. And if you think of it like trivial pursuit, if we had each of those four segments and you look at that and you can see that hope displayed both in our lives individually but also corporately, we're going to look a lot more like the New Testament church, the church that we see in Acts, people that honour Jesus visibly, they're obeying his word and the spirit, they're praying beyond themselves and they're sharing the gospel that's what disciples look like. And I think these other things that we had on the other slide, they're going to help us kind of get to grips with some of that stuff. And so each month, there's going to be three or four different teaching sessions on a Sunday around that topic, a different voice every time. It's not going to be me doing all of those. Uh, I'll do maybe one every f- four or six, and then there'll be different people from here and from elsewhere that will come in and help us with that. People that have got a strength in that area are often, so that'll be great. And then what we'll be doing is midweek when we're meeting in running partners, so in our threes and fours, is there will just be some questions to help supplement what's been going on in the month. So extra things that you can be asking one another, because I know for a lot of people that are in running partners, it's like, right, we've been meeting for six weeks. What do we do now? We've sort of heard one another's stories. We're talking about multiplying the hope of Jesus in the hearts of one another. Um, And it's this thing really of getting Jesus right in the centre of everything that we're doing. And so a lot of what we're going to be doing is basically more of the same. We're going to be meeting in these three spaces. The running partners, which is a bit more of an intimate space where there's just a few of you gathered together. You organise that yourselves. If you need help with that, if you're not in one and you want to be in one, speak to me or Natalie. We can help with that. Um, Households, which meet every other week, the same as running partners. They meet every other week. um, And there should be, hopefully, three different ones that we're going to be running. They will meet together online, but the the idea is really that it's local life. So there'll be one kind of Tenham and Bapchild area. There'll be one that will be South Sittingbourne and one that's a little bit more North Sittingbourne is kind of the hope. So we've got sort of both sides of the train tracks and then the guys in Tenham, Bapchild, Robinson over that way. Um, There'll be one over that way as well. And so the, the main aim is that we're gathering together physically as much as we're able to. And so these are the rocks in the bucket. And so, Lewis, if you could put those dates up again, the three dates. And so really what we would try and encourage you to do is, if you're able to, try and make sure that you're here on Sundays as much as you're able. We don't want to get rigid about it. Obviously, there's other stuff going on. Um, we're going to be praying together every month. So um, every other month there'll be a breakthrough prayer where we'll be praying for things that the church is involved in, we'll be praying for things that other churches in the town are involved in, and then on every other month, uh, we'll be having an encounter evening, where we'll gather together physically in someone's house, we'll be worshipping, 
Um, Bev and a couple of others had, had really been stirred about, could we just spend more time in worship? Like, yeah, that's a great idea. It might not always be led on the guitar. It might just be there's a worship video or a podcast. It might just be a cappella. But the main thing is gathering together without an agenda and just seeing what the Spirit says. What's God saying to us? Worshipping and praying. And then the other things, which are the main rocks in the bucket, really are these fortnightly things of every week, or every other week, sorry, there's, um, there's running partners, and then every other week uh, there are households. And on those weeks, we don't really put a lot else on because we want to make sure there's one thing in there. We recognise in the modern day, everyone lives very busy lives. And so we're saying, like a family would need to be around the table together, spending a bit of time together, enjoying company with one another. For us as a church, these are the main spaces where that's going to happen. Uh, I've been really encouraged that many people have been meeting together, getting to know one another, kind of doing things outside the rhythm of that. That's excellent. Carry on doing that. Um, But sometimes, and you know, like... I've had conversations with people that are new to the church. As a new person moving in, sometimes you can move in and everyone's already got their established relationships and their established groups, their established households. And it's kind of hard to find a way in sometimes. And so it's on us to be thinking, let's try and invite those people in. Let's try and welcome people to the town. How do we do that in such a way? Like Mike and Bev and Sophie and Emily, like they moved over to Sittingbourne, which is amazing. Put a lot of effort into getting them here. Um, Let's be inviting them around to get to know them. Let's be kind of meeting with one another. It's very easy to move into somewhere new and actually find that you feel like you're on the outside of it. And, um, and that's not the culture of what we want to do. So the whole thing of being hospitable, I think, is a real crucial thing for us to grapple with. What does that look like? And for those of us who are new, don't be afraid of inviting people around your house and meeting up with people and just putting yourself out there. It can be very intimidating to do. But just, just do it yourself. Set the culture. And, and if we're all beginning to take little steps in that, that really helps. It's all, all of these things, it's not like massive pushes, it's little steps. The plot, like we said, not brand new fresh vision of loads of new things. These are the basics. These are the general marching orders of God that we see in Scripture. And so there is loads more I, I could say, we'd love to say, but I won't because I'll be going on for ages. Um, but what I'd love us to do is just take a little bit of a moment, just to reflect, like just very quietly on our table. Maybe take a minute or so, and then I'm going to pray. But what, what would you love from God? Like I've, I've had conversations with people about it would be great to see this going on in the church this year. It would be great to see that. Some people, it, it's like, I'd love at the end of this year to feel more connected to my brothers and sisters. Isn't that great? That would be a wonderful thing. I'd love to see the church more connected in the town. Brilliant. I'd love for us to spend more time experiencing the presence of God. Brilliant. All of these things... How are they going to happen? Is it because Gordon comes down or Natalie comes down or someone else in the church comes down and says, Thus says the Lord, all get behind me, off we go every year. Follow me. Or, or is it because each of us takes small steps, getting Jesus in the middle of it, and he just does what he does. He multiplies and calls people to himself. I think that's what it's going to look like. That's the, you can then take any single person out of the equation even the leaders, and the life's still there. Whereas if it's all bottled up and distilled in one or two, you take them out, it's like taking a battery out, isn't it? The New Testament church doesn't look like that. That's something really different. And so it's on all of us. It's on all of our shoulders. It's all of our responsibility in our, in our church, in our homes, in our friendships, to bring all that we've got in God, even if it's just a little mustard seed, all that we've got in God, and trust Jesus to multiply. And as we all do that, it's like yeast. 
It just works through, doesn't it? It multiplies. The smallest seed becomes the biggest thing. These are the things that Jesus talks us, to us about. So let's just spend a little moment just thinking about like, what are those things and how can I help in that area to really catalyze and distill that stuff. And then uh, maybe, Natalie, would you pray rather than me? Just to bring it to a close. We'll just have a minute or two just to think about those things.